Okay, I just yawned and drank some San Pellegrino. What is it? Aranciata, which means orange um, drink. It's 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 pure juice and mineral water. Stuff is so good. Ah, uh, it's like the Gong Show. So good. Um, <laughs> I actually got some decent sleep and woke up like. At 5.30 this morning. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. So at least I got about five hours worth of good sleep, I think. Four and a half. Who's counting? Ah, but I'm still yawning, but I've got my drink with me and I have my ideas. One of the most, of course, you're going to get the freaking introduction, so you might as well just relax. And then we'll get to the meat of it. Yeah. Um, I'm always, and I mean always, amazed Different degrees of being amazed. Sometimes I'm slightly, sometimes I'm like, wow. Um, amazed when I talk to people and they find out I'm a Mormon. You know, people, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but people in the vernacular uh, say Mormon. Anyways, they'll, when they find out I'm a Mormon, they go, oh, wow, yeah. Huh. <laughs> they have a variety of expressions, but it's hilarious. So once they find out I'm a, a Mormon... So of course, the, the questions always come. Um, the questions they already have the answers to. That's what's, you know, rhetorical. That's what's interesting. They'll say, oh, wow, well, then you don't drink coffee, do you? Well, no, I don't drink coffee. And I'll say no. And they go, oh, hmm, tea either. Huh? You don't drink tea either, right? At the herbal. Yeah, but the other stuff, no. No, okay. And alcohol, uh-uh, no alcohol, right? No, no alcohol. And then there's usually the old, damn. Um, cigarettes and drugs, all that stuff. No, no, no. So anyways, and I'm laughing because I understand the context that these questions are being asked. The context they're being asked is they think that I cannot do it. That's what's interesting. Um, they'll say, yeah, you can't do any of that stuff, can you? And this is where I shop. Of course, I'm doing this by design. I'll say, well, yeah, I can. And they'll say, no, you can't. <laughs> a lot of them just say, no, you can't. Say, so, yeah, I can. I choose not to do it. And they'll say, well, yeah, but you you can't. You you just can't. I said, can't what? They said, well, you can't smoke or. And you guys, you're not. You guys aren't supposed to go out having sex with people, are? Of course, we're not. Nobody is. But the point I'm trying to make is they assume that because these things are forbidden by commandment, you know, God telling us that we're not supposed to do it. They think because God has commanded us not to do it, that I cannot do it. They don't realize it's all choice-based. I have agreed not to do it. It's not that God's waiting upstairs with a croquet mallet to hit me if I do something wrong. If I smoke a cigarette, he's going to rack me with a croquet mallet because I'm smoking. It doesn't work that way. It works, though, if I made the promise I'm not going to do it, then he's going to bless me for for keeping the commandment of not smoking because I made an agreement with him. If I don't fulfill the agreement, he doesn't hit me with the mallet for punishment. He pulls or removes the blessing. The promises that he's made to me are no longer valid. That's what it comes down to. So there isn't this great power play with God over what I told him I would do and what I'm going to do in, in subsequent punishments, I'm deprived of the promises that he has made to me 
based on me fulfilling the promises I've made to him. That is exactly what it comes down to. And that um, that structure of interaction and, and such uh, permeates everything everything in life and in eternity. Um, you get married, you make promises to each other. Um, you either fulfill the promises and live the agreement or you don't. And in varying degrees. Some men and women get married, make all these promises, <clears throat> and then over time lose their love for one another. Now they stay married. They don't cheat on each other. They do their responsibilities as far as like working or around the house, whatever their individual responsibilities are. They may even have children and raise the children. But the love they're supposed to be developing for one another and the bond that is supposed to be nurtured is not. It's not being nurtured. The love is diminishing. Um, they're just two people living together. That's an example. Okay, that is the introduction. Now I'm going to talk about what I'm really going to talk about. What I'm really going to talk about is this, is the fact that um, my observations are so many people um, are living for this life without any thought to the next life. Now, there are some people, uh, in the course, like everything, um, no, this isn't the three types of people. <laughs> There's more, well, I guess you could say, you want me to do three types? The hell with it, man. I'll do the three types. There's a type of person who truly understands what this life is all about, um, is enlightened as to the requirements of this life, and they do everything they can within their ability to fulfill that. There are those types of people. Um, they're actively engaged in preparing for the next life. Basically, that's what it comes down to. The second person is the person who is the antithesis of the first person. They're not aware of much of anything except what's right in front of them. They are they don't even consider a next life. A matter of fact, you'll find a lot of them saying death. When death comes, that's it. Well, that's not it, but they, you know, they'll say things like that. Or, I'm going to live for today. Well, what about tomorrow? <laughs> and that's what I usually say to those people jokingly, friends of mine, some very few, who will say, dang, George, you know, you're not living, man. I'll say, well, what do you call it? And they'll laugh and they'll say, no, man, I mean, you know, you're like one of those damn Quakers, George. You don't do anything. And I said, what do you mean I don't do anything? He said, well, you know, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't screw around. I bet you don't have a Tinder account. I said, no, I don't. And they'll laugh. And so in other words, they said, you're not living life, man. You're like in this prison. And I'm thinking of prison. Wow. And I'll, sometimes I'll say, what do you mean the prison? They'll say, well, you've got nothing going on in your life. Well, I think being addicted to cigarettes is a prison. I think being, being an alcoholic is a prison or a drug addict or a sex maniac. I think those are prisons of themselves. So then I'll say to them, well, you know, usually, and it's usually men. I don't find very many, although I've known a couple women and they were way off the freaking, when you get a woman off the rails, look out. There's no limit to where she will go. Men, most men will go so far 
and stay there. Women will go to extremes of depravity you couldn't even imagine, which is sad to see. Um, but the but the nice thing is there's very few women who go that bad, you know. Um, but the ones who do look out, and then it's, there's more women. Women who go off the rails usually go quite a ways. I mean, a far distance compared to men. Men go back and forth, they meander, but women just go like completely off the freaking edge of the earth if you're a flat earther. But that's not what I'm really talking about. This person who is saying these stuff, saying these things to me, in their mind, I'm not experiencing life like I could because I'm living it in the future instead of in the present. That's basically what they're saying. And those people do. They, um, they're very irresponsible with their money. Uh, they're irresponsible with their life. They take risks that uh, a normal person, uh, well, an intelligent person would not do, but they do. They take incredible risks um, across the board with their health, with their freedom, with their money, uh, with their relationships. It, it seems like everything is geared toward the maximum, and, and I had a person tell me that one time, he wanted to experience everything in life. And I've told you about that before. So I asked him if you want to experience cancer. Uh, I said, what if your experience in life was moment to moment, you're kicked between the legs. Would you like that? And of course he said, what do you, that's crazy. I'm not talking about stuff like that. He was talking about nonstop things that he wanted to happen to him or wanted to experience. That's what he really meant. But but that's the second person. No thought to the future. No active engagement day to day in preparation for anything that's going to come. It's almost a consumption with momentary pleasure and satisfaction. That, that's number two. Number three, neither. Not really living life, not preparing for the future. It's like life is, you know, a death sentence. Um, you know, and you've heard the term serving life. That means you're alive, but nothing really is going on in your life. You're so constrained in what you can do that all you are doing is existing. And the third type of person, they are the type of people who just exist. Um, they don't really, they're never really happy and they're never really sad. They're, they're like numb to what's going on around them. They, they, they go about their routine, you know, in other words, they go about doing the things to sustain physical life and some sense of satisfaction, but they're never enthusiastic about anything and they're never really detached because it, uh, it's almost like they're going through the motions, basically. Um, they have no hope for a future. Um, and the past is behind them. So they don't, they're, they're really they're the weirdest type of person you would ever meet. Um, because of the things, if you ask them to do something and they say, okay, there's like no spirit in it. There's no enthusiasm or optimism, all those that no vision, none of that exists. Um, I had a friend who had a girlfriend like that, and, uh, and I just couldn't understand it because he was a he was a good guy. He was bubbly. He'd make jokes. He was a lot of fun. She would just sit there like nothing, no responding, 
And sometimes I would say, would she wouldn't laugh at jokes. And sometimes I'd say, well, did you understand the joke? Yes. I said, but she didn't laugh. No. I said, well, if you understood the joke, uh, why didn't you laugh? She said, well, it didn't, it didn't seem that funny to me. It was, like, it was like no emotion. Just like when they would kiss goodbye, she didn't really kiss him. She she just like would tilt her head back up at him so he could kiss her. And she would just stand there, no real embrace, nothing. It was like she was dead inside. And they, they dated for a while. I mean, for, well, I wouldn't say really long, but it, they dated for quite some time before um, he just he just gave up on her, basically. And I would have never lasted that long. Never. Yeah, I never could. The irony is, is that there used to be, for the most part, um, people who were type 1. Yeah. And then more and more, the type 1 people were being replaced by type 2 people. As generations die off, you see more and more of type 2 people. And well, okay, we're going to do this gener. We're going to do this generationally, beginning with people who were young adults in World War II. Um, those people, tremendous optimism, vision, hard work, family, all that stuff. Very, very well connected. Um, very optimistic. They were Type One people. Majority were Type One. You get into the 60s and 70s, you know, and into the 80s. Those people are dying now, um, and most of them are dead now. They're dying, and the rise, the coming up at generation is a mixture of them and number two. So up to up until about probably 1950, uh, mid 1950s, those are type one, mostly type one people. From about 1955 um, to 1970, uh, you see more a mixture of type 1 and type 2. More type 2s are coming on the scene. From about 1975, say, or 70, to about 2000, you see a lot of fewer type 1 people, many more type 2 in the growth of type three, more and more. From 2000 to now, you're seeing very little type one people, uh, quite a bit of type two and a lot of type three, more and more. So the point I'm trying to make, and this is, this phenomenon is coincidental to the fall of empires. If you look at Greek, Roman, uh, English, French, if you look at all the major empires of the world, the golden age from their inception, their golden age, to their decline and to their fall, because there's four stages, roughly four stages. There is the inception of the beginning of the empire. Then it grows into a golden age of the empire. Then the third stage is the decline, almost like, you know, spring, summer, winter, fall. No, let's try, let's try that one again. Spring, spring, summer, fall, and winter. <laughs> Sorry about that. 
the spring is their beginning, the summers are golden age, their fall, the fall period is their decline, and the winter is the end of the empire. It always happens through the cycle of an empire that type 1 people are in the beginning and somewhere between the, you know, the summer and the fall, the type 2 people come on the scene and then by the time the winter of the empire comes, they're primarily type 3 people. This is just this this is historical. This isn't some BS I'm making up to, you know, to get you to listen to me or believe me. I'm telling you the truth as a historian who studied many empires, uh, some in great detail, even short-lived ones like the Third Reich. That was a very short-lived, that 3,000-year Reich lasted about 12 years. Uh, you know, that's pretty bad, you know. When you figure that a 1,000-year Reich lasted... 10 years, do your math, that was just over 1% of the projected, you know, time that it was going to exist. So Mr. Hitler had bad math skills. Now, why am I talking about it? Of course, I hope you people understand every single thing I say and do, Instagram posts, these podcasts, conversations, Everything has a purpose. I just never do things for the hell of doing things. Everything has a, a purpose, a well-designed purpose. Even if it just seems like I'm chit-chatting with you, there's a purpose I'm chit-chatting with you. I just don't chit-chat with people for, for the hell of it. There's always a purpose. Um, if you call me about a problem, I've already devised in my mind how I'm going to approach it and what the purpose of the conversation is going to be on my side for you. So nothing is done randomly or without consequence. Everything is. Every single thought, action, everything has a purpose. My purpose is to help you, one, understand there's these three types of people and it exists. Whether you want to, and I don't care if you believe it. That's the important thing, too. I couldn't care less whether or not you believe me. Because I am so confident that if you just examine what I'm telling you, unless you're an idiot or a retard, but if you're not, if you just examine what I'm telling you, it'll make sense to you. And if you examine it and it makes sense to you, maybe you will incorporate it into your life to help you live a better life. That's what the whole thing is about. I'm trying to help you understand life, the requirements of life, maybe where you're at in life and how you can improve your life. That's what the whole thing is about. These podcasts aren't like I'm Mr. Wonderful or, you know, whatever, and I'm going to show you how smart I'm uh, or nothing like that whatsoever. Every podcast, every discussion, everything is geared to help you better understand life, yourself, and how you can live a better life by doing things maybe a little differently or more of. Uh, so that's what it's all about. So you keep that in mind when you listen to my podcast. That is the entire, that's my sole purpose of doing these things. Um, typically, I have maybe one or two people who listen to my podcast, <laughs> which cracks me up all the time because when I see how many plays I've got, the most I've ever had was seven, I think. 
So now think about that. Because I posted them on Twitter and Instagram, whatever. The most I've ever had is seven people listen to a, a podcast of mine. But if you know me, you know I, I don't care. I don't, that doesn't bother me. I'm not doing this because I'm trying to have 4.2 million followers. I hate stuff like that anyway. I'm only doing this to present an argument to people that there are different ways to live and there are some ways that are better than others and then that there are some techniques that benefit a person. And that's all it is about is to educate people on what I believe can improve their life, what might be able to help them. And the conditions are this. I'm presenting an argument to you about something, and I'm saying to you, this is what I believe, this is what I am convinced will help you, examine it and decide for yourself. That's the whole thing. That's it. So what does it come down to? It comes down to, if you want, it comes down to you examining what I'm saying to you and then determining if it has any value to you. Because I don't care. If you conclude this has no value or the, you know my statements are completely false and I'm an idiot who's telling people to do things that are stupid, I don't care. Your assessment means nothing to me. It's just an opportunity uh, that I present to you for you to decide upon. That's, that's it. No compulsion, no efforts to influence in, in an overt way, because I'm just presenting these ideas and I'm saying, check it out and tell me what you think. See if it benefits you. If it does, use it. If it doesn't, dis discard it. Forget about it. Throw it away. That's it. Just like the way I give gifts. Gifts are given to a person. When you give a gift to a person, it's for them, not for you. If you give a gift to a person that's really for you, that's called a debt because you're getting something. In other words, the person is indebted to you. This is like a gift. If I give you, and I told my massage therapist this, um, uh, she, she, I really liked her. She, she had a lot of problems. So just to be nice, because she, you know, she was really good at massage therapy. So be, to be nice, I bought her some chocolate, you know, like candy bar from Italy, which was just like to die for. It was so good. And I think I gave her a box of chocolate. I didn't know what she liked. So I tried. I gave her two um, types of chocolate for her to decide what she really liked. And then she could eat and enjoy what she liked and give the other away. So she acted she acted weird about it, like I was, you know, courting her or something or, you know, trying to get her, you know, obligated to me. It was really weird what she said. And as a matter of fact, it, it, one, it shocked me because I thought, it's just freaking some chocolate. And then the second thought I had was I was enraged because I thought, you know, you that's what you think this is about. Because I haven't had her experiences, and so I, you know, it just it, it just kind of offended me that she would think that for a couple things of chocolate, I thought she was, you know, going to be obligated to me for something like that. So then I told her my rule of gift giving. You know, I said to her, I said, "Really, Jennifer? That's what you think?" She said, "Well," and before she could finish, I said, "Well, let me tell you how it really is." 
If you took that chocolate right now and threw it in the trash can, I wouldn't retrieve it. It's yours. It belongs to you. You throw it away, that's fine. I said, I didn't give you the chocolate to make you obligated to me or, or anything. I said, I gave you a gift because I wanted you to have the chocolate in appreciation for the massage therapy you've been giving me, not withstanding the fact of paying for it, but the fact that you as an individual are doing it and I was showing my appreciation. But I said, when you give, when I give somebody a gift, it's theirs. If they want to appreciate it, great. If they don't, that's fine too. If they throw it in the trash or give it away to somebody, I don't care because it's not mine anyway. It's yours. Now, it may affect future gift giving, <laughs> which it would. I just would. If the gift's not appreciated, why would you give a person another gift? You don't do that. Um, and that's what this is. That's what I'm trying to say about this. I'm sharing this with you as a gift. I'm giving it to you for your consideration. And what you do with it is, is up to you. And there's no hard feelings. There's no anger. There's none of that stuff. Because the thing is, is that you need to be the one making these decisions. And you need to be the one saying to yourself whether or not um, what I'm telling you has merit. Um, and when, whether or not it's going to benefit you. So keep that in mind um, before you harden yourself against it. I would say truly examine it and test it. Yeah. And if you don't want to truly examine it and you don't want to test it, that doesn't matter either. That's the type of um, free agency that exists in the universe. There is no compulsion in the universe. People are not forced to do anything. Everybody has free choice in the universe. Now, granted, your choices may cause consequences to you that you don't like, you know, that are unfavorable. But the fact that you still got to choose is that important. That's the law of the universe. Now, on this earth, people force other people, of course, to do things they don't want to do. But that's in this existence. In the universe, after this life, you're going to discover, I think a lot of people are really going to be surprised to discover that when they go before God, God's not going to make them do anything. He's not. You're going to get to choose whatever you want to do. Now, the consequences you won't get to choose, and that's why I'm talking about this life. That's why I'm talking about the three types of people. That's why I'm telling you these things, because if you don't know these things, like if nobody ever shows you uh, that two plus two equals four. So if nobody ever teaches you the standard of mathematics, that one plus one equals two and two plus two equals four, and four plus four equals eight. If you're not taught the standard and understand the relationships of the standards, then you don't have that information and you can't benefit from it. That's why people who are mentally, you know, incapable, if they murder somebody and they're tried in court, they cannot be held accountable for the crime because they truly don't understand their guilt. They didn't understand that, they, that killing somebody is against the law. So they cannot be charged with murder because they're incapable of understanding. If you don't understand that one plus one equals two and two plus two equals four, you will not be held to that standard because you do not have the knowledge. 
But here's the other side of the coin. Not only will we not held to the standard or held accountable for it, but you will not have that knowledge which enables you to understand quantities and volumes and things like that. So the consequence is that you won't be able to understand those things because you don't have the knowledge. And that's one of the reasons that I do these podcasts, because I'm trying to infuse in those who listen to these podcasts the knowledge that you may not have, the understanding you may not have. I'm trying to make it easy for you. Not only am I telling you, I'm explaining it to you in the hopes that you will be able to understand it and you will make a decision whether it benefits you or not. And then if you decide it does, you'll incorporate it. If you decide it doesn't, you'll discard it. And the same principle applies to this. If you listen to this and you think it has value and you test it and you say it does and you incorporate in your life, then you get the benefits of it. If you don't listen to it, or rather, if you listen to a little bit of it and say to yourself, well, this is, you know, this is BS. He just wants people to listen to him or something like that. And then you don't examine it and you don't incorporate it. Then you don't get the benefits of it or the consequences, whichever way you want to look at it. That's why it's so important that people choose for themselves because you cannot hold somebody accountable for something they did not choose and have the knowledge of. Those run parallel. Person has to have the knowledge and has to openly choose. That's why we have accident, the term accident. A person in a certain level of accountability. If somebody drops a glass and breaks it, it's an accident. If they intentionally drop the glass and break it, that's not an accident. So the prescribed consequences for a person who accidentally breaks the glass compared to the person who breaks the glass on purpose, those two applications are different because of the intent and the action. And that's what's important to leave. So these examples that I've given you and these things that I've said to you previously and now, that is, that's how that works. Those two extremes because of the intent. And it's all up to you. Well, anyways, that's it. That's the whole thing. Short and sweet. Um, guaranteed to satisfy. <laughs> I know some commercial. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, yeah, just decide for yourself, you know. And uh, and I think that if you really spend some time and you really apply yourself, you'll begin to gain more knowledge, more understanding. And then if, as that grows and you see things, I think you will have – you'll make better decisions you will live a more stable life because you will realize that some of the things you're doing, some of the decisions you're making are not in your best interest. And some of the things people are doing and people are telling you you should be doing, you will come to the understanding that that is not in your best interest either. And maybe you'll choose better, better friends. Maybe you will choose a better way to live. Maybe you'll choose a better place to live. Um, it's, it's almost endless, this application to life. When you have the knowledge 
and you choose correctly. You choose, uh, you know, things in a way that are going to improve you and your life and the lives of others around you. Um, yeah, great potential. Okay, that's it. Now, straighten yourself out. I haven't got time. I got to do some things.